Hello, Herd, and welcome to another episode of Clone Wars Rewatch here on Nerd Herder. I'm your Herd Leader, John Wayne. And I am sad. Why are you sad? Because this is our last episode. It is, well, not ever, of everything. Uh, it's our last episode of the Clone Wars Rewatch, though. Um, this is uh, the finale. We're talking about the final four episodes of season six, which are, for all intents and purposes, as of now, it. Yep. Um, the next time we get Clone Wars, it'll just be a watch, not a rewatch. Um, and hopefully that's in November. We're excited for it. And um, I, I'm glad I can say that now, uh, that we are excited yeah. for it. I'm, I'm, I've, excited. I've enjoyed this nearly a year-long journey in seeing you come through to the, to the Clone Wars and, and love these characters and, yeah. and all that good stuff. You saw my joy, my sadness. My anger, my hate, my dark side. <laughs> yeah, it. I mean, it's one of those shows you, you care about people and they die a lot. So, so much. But um, a lot of death for a kid show. You stuck it through. So and and. Maul. Right, <laughs> Maul was a big factor. Um, I, I I told Sam Witwer at a celebration. I was like, you and Maul uh, are a big reason. I was able to convince my wife to watch uh, the Clone Wars, so. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, and and uh, so it's exciting, but it's also kind of like, wow. Um, but then it's also exciting because we know it's not the end for long. Uh, we'll be talking about Clone Wars in no time again, and it'll be all new stuff. It'll be yeah. all kinds of new adventures and, and new exciting things with uh, with Maul and, and mm -hmm. a lot of our other favorites and, and whatnot, so. Um, it's it's interesting. It's almost like the perspective of these episodes where Yoda's kind of like, it's over, but not quite. Yeah. Uh, it's it's pretty much over, but there's something else on the horizon. Um, and while this is over, season seven is coming. And I, I have to believe that we will continue to get Clone Wars content in other life, in, in comics, books. I, I have to imagine that the Clone Wars return is just to start to um, re-ingraining ourselves in that period of storytelling. Yeah, and I, as morbid as it is, I kind of want to see Order 66 happening in From a the larger Wars scale. Perspective. Yeah. That'd be interesting. I mean, because they'd have the chance to show other Jedi, yeah. which would be interesting. Because, I mean, they, they show familiar faces in yeah. Episode 3, um, but it'd be interesting to see... Um, a, a bigger scale because there is a lot of Jedi out there mm -hmm. and so even those we see it's just a small part yeah so um, it'd be interesting because there's even Jedi that we've come to know exclusively through the Clone Wars so yeah, yeah. I mean that's what's always been great about the Clone Wars is this per, per, the perspective the perspective that it adds the the deeper you get to go uh, because you don't really see, you see the start of the Clone Wars and the end of the Clone Wars in the films. And so the Clone Wars show gets to get into all that detail mm -hmm. and really get in there. And it's really interesting. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, specifically, I want Rex to be like, oh crap. Deuces. This, this is what Fives was talking about. Right. Um, and what's interesting is we kind of deal with Order 66 a little bit, as, as, at least in this fir first and last episode of the ones we're talking about we're talking about four episodes um so episode one and episode four of the arc 
both kind of touch on Order 66 a little bit. Yes. So it's, it's really interesting. Also, big oof in the last episode. Big oof? Big oof. Ooh. You'll have to let me know when we get there. Yes. I can't think of specific. There's a lot of oof. So yeah. you'll have to let me know specifically. Um, oh. But speaking of big oofs. Yeah. <laughs> so the so I'm calling this the the Yoda's journey yeah. arc. Um, the first episode we're going to talk about isn't necessarily exclusively Yoda's journey. Um, it's a little bit of setup, but for the most part, it's kind of its own episode. Um, but I didn't know where else to kind of put it. Yeah. Um, question. Answer. Kind of off topic, but not really. Where where's Plo Koon from? Oh my gosh. Sorry. No, it's one of those things where that's an answer I have in my head somewhere, but I can only tell you when you don't ask. Okay. Um. Um. I mean, I can look it up real quick. I could start talking about muffins. Maybe that'll help you. I think it starts with a K. Mostly because I just want to know what's the atmosphere like. He's from Doran. I never would have got it because that does not start with a K. His spe- well, his species is Keldor. So um, I actually didn't know the name of his planet. I, um, I just knew that the species. I knew it started with a K. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's a really cool species. It's almost very predator-ish um, with the biomask and everything. But mm-hmm. um, I remember having a Plo Koon figure back from the uh, the Phantom Menace line. Yeah. And it was cool because then he came with a yellow lightsaber. Because basically that. Hasbro was like, we only see three lightsabers essentially in this episode. Mm-hmm. So let's make up the rest. And like Mace Windu got Dude. a blue one. It, there was one Jedi. I think it was. I think it was Depa Bilaba. She got purple. Um, it was. It was they so weird. These. It was so interesting. Yeah. I really liked Plo Koon with a yellow one though. Dude, I want more yellow lightsabers in canon. It would be cool. I mean, other than yeah, I I I want lore for why yellow represents the Temple Guard. Which that's cool. But I also want yellow elsewhere. Yeah. I mean, Bastilla Shan kind of set that up with Knights of the Old Republic with mm-hmm. her Darth Maul yellow lightsaber kind of deal. Like, Yeah. And it's not just because yellow is my favorite color. I just <laughs> think it looks cool. It does look cool. It's yeah. really interesting. Yeah. Um, so, and you probably already heard, but if you, if you hear a cat, um, she's kind of resting between us so that she doesn't freak out. And, and apparently she has opinions on the Clone Wars as well, so... Yeah, here's the thing. Our cat is 14 years old. <laughs> she's very needy. So, she's she's yeah. old, ornery, and needy. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, but... So speaking of lightsabers, um, that's kind of the spark of this first episode we're talking about. The, the episode is Season 6, Episode 10, The Lost One. Mm-hmm. Um, and the moral for this one is, What is lost is often found. Uh, Eventually, at yeah. The mall. I think it's more like it, it's like that Bible verse that says, you know, eventually everything comes to light. I think that's more what it's going for in terms yeah. of if it's lost, it'll eventually get found. Yeah, because we find out some mess in this in this arc about Sifidius. Yes. By the way, they're looking for Sifidius. Yeah. So I mean, that's what. It, so essentially, what starts the episode is. Um, they for some they somehow get a ping of like oh this old republic shuttle's been found let's go investigate mm-hmm. and when they investigate Plo Koon finds um, Sifidius's lightsaber 
Which looks a lot like, uh, from the uh, hologram, it looks a lot like Gunji's lightsaber. Uh, with the kind of, like, the flouting, the, like, wide to narrow to wide. Yeah. yeah I kind of see that. Um, it's a very cool design yeah. overall. Um, it's very cool. I love uniquely shaped lightsabers. Well, it's one of those things where I almost feel like this does come from a generation where elegance was a bit more important. Because, I mean, Dooku's was curved as well. It, it had mm-hmm. um, personality to it. Um, and I think this kind of looks very similar. Yeah. It, it's interesting that if that it, I might be reading too much into it. It might just be my brain. But I think it's cool to think that you know, Sifo-Dyas and Dooku come from a generation where, oh no, it's got to look as good and elegant. It's like a, uh, yeah. it's like a Malfoy wand. It's not just a wand, but it like it looks like it belongs to someone important, kind of thing. I mean, if you believe that the wand chooses the wizard Harry Potter, um, yeah, it's suited to their personality. I've got Luna Lovegood's wand. I do believe that in terms of the crystal. Yeah. Thereby, since the crystal is the heart of the Saber, and the Saber is the heart of the Jedi, and all that Tartakovsky Clone War stuff. Um, I love that. It, it's, it was just so funny to to me. Uh, there's an episode of the old 2003 Clone Wars yeah. where Luminara is helping her apprentice uh, build a lightsaber, and she's like, the crystal is the heart of the saber, and the saber is the heart of the Jedi. It's yeah. very... Um, Gindy loves a good monologue. Yeah, it's it's very interesting, because there's not a lot of dialogue in that show, yeah. and so it's interesting. Anyway, um, yeah, no, I, I do. I am of that Harry Potter Star Wars crossover world where it's like, yes, the lightsaber chooses mm-hmm. the Jedi. I, 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 be- I believe that. I, I mean, you make it with your... Well, from what we see with the gathering, like... It speaks to you, mm-hmm. much like Harry Potter in um, yeah. all of Andrews. Like, what do you see the right. lightsaber look like? It calls to you. It it communicates what it like. It's really really interesting. It makes me even more excited to go to the the bins at uh, Galaxy's Edge and just be like, ooh, right. I'm going to make my own lightsaber. Right. It's I can't. I I keep me. seeing the videos for that, and I'm super excited. It looks so much better. Um, than the last ones. And so, uh, originally, um, you know, we were going to include that in uh, our conversations about Visions of the Force um, mm-hmm. this week, but um, I, I'm more than sure that that's going to bleed over to next week, yeah, you know, absolutely. the whole thing with Ray, because I, I think that's the instance that started that for me, in, is I think the lightsaber picked Ray in episode seven. Yeah. You know, and... It's, it's like at the end of the Deathly Hollows, the whole... Okay, so I was in a Oh, yeah, disarm. Like, yeah. That was a great concept. Say what you will about J.K. Rowling. That was a very cool moment. She has her, she has her she moment. Has her I'll she give her that. I mean, she wrote a book. She wrote a book series that put us all into our childlike states. Yeah. But there's also moments in those books, and there's also moments in recent news cycles. Yeah. That she just is a little much. But yeah. anyway. Um,. Lightsaber lore. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. No, it's cool. I, I mean, it's it's good conversation. It's There's just, not a lot with this episode. Um, claiming a character's gay without showing it is not representation. We went there. Sorry. It's just, it bugs me. It bugs the crap out of me to claim... Well, it's one of those things where it's like, you you have... Oh, there's a truck. I don't know what that truck's Hello, doing. Hello, garbage. Um, it's one of those things like... A riot's here. 
you oh, <laughs> um, you have all your main characters here doing this thing, and then you have another character pop in. And it's like I have ADD, and then they leave. Yeah, like that's that's what that's it feels. That's not representation. That's just throwing it out there. Yeah, and the fact that you called it out while not showing the representation shows it's a cheap trick. Yeah, and and I think that's just my opinion on a lot of things because in all forms of representation just having a character pop in and more or less just say their thing and it's just like yeah okay and here's the thing and they never show up again bringing a character in with you know a particular something about them that you claim to be representation and then making that person a stereotype that bugs me too Mm -hmm. sorry i'm 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 simmering down piglet's telling you to calm down uh, no, but I completely agree. I, I, I think that is completely valid. For representation to matter, it has to be proper representation. Yes. Um, Listen and, to the adventures. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's not a lot. Essentially, it, it's an episode about one big investigation. The, the biggest thing about it is that we just finally learn more of what happens or happened to Cypheidias. Mm-hmm. So, Cyphodius is first mentioned in Attack of the Clones as setting up the clone army. Mm-hmm. And Obi-Wan's kind of like, okay. And then he goes back to the Jedi, and the Jedi are like, okay. And then they just take the army. Like, this is mine now. Like, yeah. they just take the army. <laughs> it's like the it's like the drawing of uh, Krennic and yeah, yeah. Tarkin. Just like, I made this. We, we, we shared that specifically in our uh, Rogue One 10 Things yes. episode over on YouTube. Because uh, that's basically a, that's basically the Krennic-Tarkin plot. Yeah. And it's essentially what happened here. Cyphodia, well, technically the cloning chamber made it, but Cyphodia commissioned it. Yeah. And then the Jedi are just like, this is mine now. <laughs> I made this for you. Um, so, but what's interesting is as we dig in... We get what we get hints of what we've kind of already known yeah. is it wasn't all what it seems. So um, essentially, we learn. So this was Cyphodius's ship. Yeah. It did crash, um, and that was orchestrated by the Pikes. Yes. If the Pikes kind of sound familiar, or if you don't quite know who they are, they actually showed up in Solo um, on the Spice Mines of Kessel. And so they're spice traders. They're they're a crime syndicate. They showed up with Maul back in the Shadow Collective. They're spicy boys. Yeah, yeah. they're spicy boys. Um, and so Obi Wan and Anakin go and talk to their leader Cinnamon, and um, Sage is there. What's your favorite spice um, girl? Cumin is there. I'm uh, <laughs> <just kidding. laughs> uh, no, you either yeah. love her or you hate her. I, st- I stole that from whose line is it anyway? I'm going to go ahead and miss it. I'm cilantro. I'm cilantro. Um, one cool thing is Yoda finds... So Yoda does some investigation too. Turns out Cyphodius's file was sealed by the Chancellor. Hmm. But not our Chancellor. Not not good old Sheev, but the past Chancellor. Yeah. Um, Chancellor Valorum. Um, Who's dead? No. No. No, he's alive. He's retired, I think he's is what they established. On a beach somewhere. Well, with... on Coruscant. Oh. <laughs> I'm sure Coruscant has beaches. Yeah, maybe. Uh, well, no, it's just it's like... It's a all... planet. <laughs> it's just all city. 
Wow, that's yeah. It like it. Well, Nashville had beaches. They were just lake beaches. Yeah, but I mean the the point of if you're hearing a bunch of junk in the background, there's a truck out out front, and I don't know what they're doing, but um, they're looking for me. Chancellor Glorum shows up. He hasn't showed up since episode one, um, and uh, it's really cool. They do a good job of capturing the look of Malcolm McDowell mm-hmm. for um, the character. But, so Saifedeus was not alone. Saifedeus had a Republic advisor with him. Yes. Um, and apparently the Pikes have had this guy captive for 20 years. Mm-hmm. So Saifedeus, dead. Definitely dead. Dead. But um, the Pikes, in trying to make a deal with the Jedi, yeah. um, are like, oh yeah, we kept this guy around for insurance. Oh boy, this scene is aesthetic. What, uh, the prison it's scene? super aesthetic, yeah. Um, so yeah, so they basically are shown, hey, here's the Republic advisor. Maybe he can tell you what happened to your Jedi. Um, but they're basically, it, like, I mean, the Pikes were smart, though, because essentially we find out Dooku or, uh, hired or, or, or brought about the Pikes to kill Sifo-Dyas. Yes. And so their plan was, we did it for him, but if he ever turns on us, we're going to have this guy as proof, and we're going to throw him under the bus. Dude. Kind of clever. Can you... I mean, no spoilers for Dooku Jedi Lost, but we oh, no. see no. a arc well, of Dooku. Well, I mean, it's not spoilers. I mean, they... I mean, the end. Sifo-Dyas... Well, but still, Sif- I mean, it's not spoilers for the end. Sifo-Dyas and Dooku... They were best dudes. They were best friends. Yeah, they were... They were incredibly close. And you, through the journey of the book, seeing how they grow as individuals and whatnot, it makes this episode way more heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, yeah, realizing that he's gone through so much and just that's what's made him into the Count that he is mm-hmm. today. And... He just emotionally, emotionlessly um, nixed his friend, essentially. Yeah. Um, and he kills the uh, Chancellor's advisor here. Yeah. The last episode. Well, but my thing is, Obi-Wan and Anakin are standing there talking to him, and he just starts choking. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where it's like, you couldn't do it more conspicuous? Choking on a bug for What, him. like, there was not a simpler way to do this? And, and Dooku's like, or Anakin's like, oh, you did your own dirty work this time. Well, first of all... He doesn't got his assassin anymore, so it's not like he could send no, Ventress. No, he kind of sent her down the river. But uh, it, he's like, oh, some things are just that important. It's like, is it really, though? You killed the dirty man in I mean, Because cell. here's the thing. The Jedi are on to the fact that Sifo-Dyas was killed between, or, between reaching out and saying, hey, I want a clone army, and actually setting that up. He was killed. Somebody else actually orchestrated it. So they're already kind of on to you, Dooku, and then you personally showing up and killing this guy, it's like, okay, it's definitely Dooku, right? Yeah. Like, come on. It's, it, he kind of outs himself. Like, they, the, the Sith probably could have gotten away with the Jedi not knowing, oh, it was definitely Dooku. Mm-hmm. But here he is showing up personally to kill this guy and it's like yeah. oh yeah definitely Dooku well to be fair it took like 
a bunch of time of him fighting with the lightsaber for them to figure out, oh, he's a Sith Lord. Oopsie doodles. Yeah. Not the brightest. <laughs> no. But what's the biggest thing is, you know, obviously Dooku escapes, it's all done. But then what's really big is the ending where the council just meets and they're talking about it. And Yoda's like, hmm, let's not do anything yet. No. They're basically like, we know that the dark side, the Sith, probably created this clone army that we're using. But we're going to continue to use it because we're right. in the middle of a war. Like, we're like, you know, what are we going to... It's... I mean, I I think Mace is the one that speaks up of, like, the public image and, and thinking of, like... I mean, fair point. If the Jedi just automatically go out and, like, hey, this army that you're trusting to fight for you is bad, like, yeah, the Jedi would... I mean, it's yeah. one of those things... We can talk around in circles. Palpatine had a plan for everything. Because think about it. The Jedi come out and say, oh, clones bad. You know, let's let's not do that anymore. Mm -hmm. Then the Republic has a means of saying, wait, you know, you're you're turning against the Republic. You're you're turning against the army of the Republic. Mm -hmm. Like kills their public image has a right to hunt and kill them. now. Like it's one of those things where it's like no matter what they did. Palpatine was going to win in destroying and defaming the Jedi. Yep. I mean, and that leads into um, something that Yoda learns in the next episodes. But So essentially, we end this episode learning that definitely Dooku orchestrated the clone army. Yeah. And the Jedi definitely knew about it and did nothing. Yep. So, um, also, look at this little still image from the next episode. Yep, just little Yoda. Just little so, Yoda Just real quick before we break and go into the next um, arc. So, what what do you think as a whole of the the Jedi in the position? Like, do you? I mean, we we poke fun and criticize, but is there any level of understanding why they would play into this, or do you think they should have just taken the risk and spoken out and stood their ground on? No, this is wrong. This mm-hmm. clone army was orchestrated. Because you also got to think of the relationships they'd formed. I'd imagine for some that have been hard to be like, I can't trust you anymore because a Sith Lord made you. But for others, it would have been an immediate murder. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> a, it's like, it's such a, it's such an interesting dynamic. I mean, in your mind, is there any way to look at it where it's understandable? Or how do you feel? I feel like, like I said, for some it would be, you know, fighting back of like, no, there's got to be something that we can do about this. We can't just kill our entire clone army. Because I think that's absolutely what they would do. Because clones are expendable. I mean, you could even put faces to that. I feel like Anakin would be like, no, Rex is my best buddy. Like, this is not happening. And Mace Windu would be like, well, we got to get rid of him. Yeah. You know. I think that Plo Koon, with all of his great Jedi-ness... He would defend. I feel like pack. I feel like Plo and Obi Wan would be ones to be like. There has to there has to be a reasonable explanation, or like yeah. like the the beard stroking. Or what's funny is Obi Wan strokes his beard and um, Plo Koon strokes his little tendril. It's really <laughs> funny. It's very funny. It's so funny, and all almost yeah. all of James Arnold Taylor, who was the voice actor for those characters, almost all of his like Clone Wars poses. Like even when he posed with us at Celebration, it's yeah. the chin. It's Even, the chin. like, in real life, I've seen <laughs> interviews with him talking to people, and he just... It's so... Well, yeah, he now he's got that great beard. beard, so... He does have a great beard. But, yeah, I, I think there would be kind of a unanimous among some, we have to get rid of this clone army by any means necessary. 
I think that would cause another great schism in the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Well, and my thing is this in the light of one literally just a few episodes back went crazy and killed some, killed a Jedi. So it's one of those instances like all of these clues and they just weren't tuned in or they were just outright ignoring them. Here's the thing, John. Very Je- Jedi Dooku lost. Very Jedi Je- Dooku. Dooku Jedi lost. Lost Dooku Jedi. Jedi lost Dooku. Do, 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 do you ever have a dream? Have you ever had a dream <laughs> that you... That oh my goodness. That you would uh, have, but yeah, here's the yeah, thing. No, yeah, same thing. It comes back to what I've said many, many times of Yoda calling himself out with the line, you do not believe, therefore that's why you fail. <laughs> that's paraphrasing. But he failed the Jedi by not believing that there was an issue. Mm-hmm. He failed the Jedi by not looking around and seeing the literal... Blaring red flags. Well, yeah, I was going to say, I think to a, for a while it's n- ignoring the issue. Then it's, you know the issue, but you don't act on it. Yeah. So, last last question, then we'll close and have a word from our sponsors, a.k.a. us. Um, but does, does all of this stuff tarnish Yoda's character or standing for you? Um... I mean, here he is making a pretty bad decision to not act on this information or not investigate it further. Um, throughout the Clone Wars, I mean, and, and we mentioned Dooku Jedi Lost, there's a minute where he's like, Sifo-Dyas' visions don't matter. The dark side is not a threat anymore. It's yeah. very much that we don't need the dark arts thing. Like, does any of that make it where Yoda's not a f- fun character for you or that you don't like Yoda? Or are you able to like Yoda in spite of the flaws? I did not like Yoda for a long time. I saw I saw the prequels and I was like, this dude's kind of a jerk. I don't I don't really enjoy how he's handling the situation. And then the Clone Wars kind of reinforced that for me for a little bit. But then when we started doing our um, Ten Things episodes and we went back and we watched the original trilogy. I kind of realized this is why Yoda's in, uh, what's it called? Exile? He's in exile. Mm-hmm. He's literally punishing himself because he's realized, oh man, I messed up big time. Which, here, 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 and here. Which was a legitimate thing for monks. Yeah. That's why it's so common that Obi-Wan, Yoda, and Luke all excommunicate themselves um, for quote-unquote sins. Yeah. Um, so I'd say I have a lot more of a tender view of Yoda now. I think it's all about perspective because I yeah. think I, I I mean I grew up watching Empire over and over and over and yeah. over. So that was always Yoda to me. And so adding in these perspective of the prequels, it's one of those things where I think sometimes we think, oh, a character's wise, they've never failed. Or, yeah. oh, this character's a mentor. Oh, they've never been. I mean, even in real life, I look at some of my mentors and I'm like, there's no way this person's ever messed up. That's stupid. Yeah. Because the reason they're able to teach me what they're teaching me yeah. is because I'm going on a path that they already went on and they're like, hey, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Um, Great teacher failure is. So I don't think that failing necessarily makes you perfect, but I also don't think that failing makes you imperfect. It makes you understand so many more things. Yeah, and I think Yoda's a good example of that as a character to where 
he messed up, but I think he learns a lot and he makes a lot of progress with his character mm -hmm. in those 20 years on Dagobah. Yeah. And I think that's the thing to, to linger on more than the failures and the flaws. Mm -hmm. Because I'm also of the personal belief that I feel like it was all orchestrated by the Force. I feel, you know, um, in the recent Claudia Gray book, Master and Apprentice, um, we get a little bit more of the Chosen One prophecy. Mm -hmm. And it talks about a great purge in order to heal the sickness. Yeah. For me, my brain says that was Order 66. I believe the Force was like, I gotta flush it out. It's just gotten bad. <laughs> I gotta get it out. And I'm going to start over. I'm going to take some milk of magnesium. <laughs> yeah, it's just gone. Um, and so part of me has a bit of sympathy for Yoda because I feel like he's just, he. I feel like he wants to do something, but I also feel like he's kind of being held back. I feel like the Force has greater purpose for him, and it wasn't to stop Order 66, but to learn from it. Mm -hmm. So, um, And the cool thing is we're going to bleed into the next conversation with some of that um, as Yoda does begin his spirit journey and whatnot. So a uh, quick word from the sponsors and then we'll be right back. All right, so um, the next three episodes we're gonna kind of run together because they, they all bleed into uh, each other and while there's mm -hmm. moments of levity, for the most part, it's one very straightforward linear story. So um, we're gonna um, just beat through those, but yeah. um, essentially, um, again, last episode, it really didn't have a place with this arc, but it didn't have a place elsewhere. Um, but because it sparked so many things of Order 66 and these sort of what's going on with the Jedi stuff, that almost does feel like it leads directly to this point. Yes. Um, because very early in the episode, Yoda's meditating, and uh, all of a sudden he hears the voice of Qui-Gon and this puts Yoda on this huge journey to figure things out because basically he just can't he can't escape it he's he's, he's like enamored with the idea of Qui-Gon's dead but he's talking to me and I've got to figure it out mm -hmm. and so it starts a really really interesting journey and it makes a lot of sense based on scenes from episode three where he talks to Obi-Wan of like hey I've learned to commune with someone from beyond the grave Qui-Gon it's like this helps that feel not so out of left field. Yeah, definitely. Um, so this is season six, episode 11, and um, it's Voices. And the moral for this one is madness can sometimes be the path to truth. Eh, yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes you got to go through the madness to, to get to the truth. Sometimes you're, you get a little bit Lovecraftian at the mouth of madness. Right. So um, what what one interesting thing is you know when Yoda opens up to the council and uh, discusses hey I heard the voice of Qui-Gon a couple of times um, there's an interesting thing in that um, Mortis is mentioned mm -hmm. this is really big because Mortis hasn't been mentioned since season three it hasn't really like is just it happened yeah. and then we move on yeah there's a share there's a, a knowing look shared right so and um, I wanted to read something specifically from Star Wars regarding that so it kind of clears up the perspective of Mortis as it stands. So, while contemplating the mystery of Qui-Gon's voice, Yoda asks Anakin about the incident on Mortis. 
seen in season three of the series. It's important to note that although sensors indicate no time had passed while the Jedi ventured into Mortis, and some of Anakin's visions experienced there were erased, the mysterious event did happen. And Obi-Wan, Ahsoka, and Anakin did report their encounter to the Jedi Council. This including... That was the end of the quote. This including Qui-Gon. Because mm-hmm. both Obi-Wan and Anakin encountered Qui-Gon, and um, Ahsoka encountered a vision of herself. But as it relates to here... Um, this is the only reference Yoda has in terms of this is the only thing like what I've experienced. Um, and it's really it's really interesting. So essentially it, it gives us confirmation. An event happened with Mortis. Yeah. Some. Some happened. It, it, something definitely happened that they all experienced. I mean, if they all reported on it, it you know, it's one of those instances where something happened. It's just a really weird what how much did and so forth but <laughs> yeah. um when when Yoda asks Anakin Anakin basically says I don't I don't think it was real I don't I don't think that can happen uh-huh. um which is really interesting that he would have that perspective I mean I, I would think because of his attachment with Qui-Gon he would kind of want it to be real mm-hmm. but he kind of just writes it off yeah um and so Yoda basically feels like he's just not up to par because of his confusion with this and his and and not really understanding everything he's kind of just like i I don't i don't know Mm -hmm. um and and what's interesting is the jedis i mean they basically try and unanimously cast the vision like yeah they, they all focus their effort together to try and reach out to this voice or something like they try the forcey thing Mm-hmm. But it doesn't work, and they're like, "Oh, we're checking them into the ER." Yep. It's so funny because they put it's just in a back to tank with no diaper. Well, that's after like they, uh, yeah. They, I mean, they basically check him out, and it's like he's normal. What, what did you expect to see? Exactly. Like, I don't know, um, but yeah, they put him in a tank and try and kind of induce something. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's really weird, but it's, essentially, it doesn't quite work. Um, but Yoda does see uh, a swampy planet. He does hear from Qui-Gon. Um, and he basically gets this call to go somewhere. And so um, when you need to do something you're not supposed to do, who do you call? Anakin, Anakin Skywalker. Skywalker. A Skywalker. <laughs> a Skywalker in general, yes. yes. <laughs> so Yoda makes Anakin help him escape. Um and he heads to Dagobah. It's really interesting. Did you think, did you ever think Yoda went to Dagobah before? I mean, he knew of it because yeah. obviously he set course for Dagobah, but. I, I didn't think it was going to happen this soon. Mm. I thought it was going to happen much later. Well. But whatever. But you, you felt like he'd been there before. Yeah, in a way. I mean, I was surprised that r going to Dagobah. Well, yeah, he went to Dagobah, but he he stayed with the ship. Yeah. So I feel like he gets a pass in terms of he didn't mention anything because it's like he stayed, stayed with the ship. He, you know, R two's always staying with the ship. I I chatted with the ship for a little bit. Right. And um, the ship that he takes, it's vaguely Tie Fighter ish. Well, it's based off the Jedi Interceptor. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a smaller version, mm-hmm. which 
I don't know why they necessarily needed to make it. I mean, I guess I get reaching the pedals, but yeah. the size of the ship could have still been the same. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's mostly just, wouldn't it be cute if it was smaller? It's like ball. Yeah, so the thing with the Jedi Interceptor is the standard one's way longer, mm-hmm. but because he's so small, it basically just looks like a ball with fins for wings. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's meant to evoke a Tie Fighter style. Yeah. When I mention when I say ball, I mean the Gundam ship. Yeah. The what? Well, not ship. It's not a ship. It's a it's construction a, thing, and it goes like well, this. It's a yeah. That's my favorite. It's thing. a robot. It's a robot. It's a pilotable robot. Yeah. It, it's not quite a mech, but it's it's, no, it's like a, mech. a it's a useless mech. It's not a useless mech. It's kind of. It's got a cannon. It's got a cannon because they grafted a cannon onto the top. Exactly. They were like needs a weapon. Exactly. See. My favorite. My favorite ball move is this. Snappy, snappy, <laughs> little, little crab claws. Yeah. Man. Um. So when he when when Dago when on Dagoba in in starting to explore, Qui Gon speaks to him about. So here's an interesting one. Yeah, he says that it's one of the purest places in the galaxy, and it um, allows strong manifestations of the Force, which is interesting. Very of all Dagobah, the whole places, it's interesting. Yeah. Well, the Force creates life. It there's a lot of life there. There is a ton. There's of a life lot of there. swamp life there. Um. And so Qui Gon's basically like, this is part of understanding how i'm here is because of the connection to the living force and whatnot so the living force is kind of the more in the moment force whereas the cosmic force is sort of the big picture goings on Mm -hmm. so the cosmic force handles the big stuff the living force is right now kind of thing um there is a story um in uh from a certain point of view that's from the point of view of qui-gon within the living force yeah and so you get a little bit more of what's it look like for him to manifest. Yeah. Um, and and so as of this point, he's still learning, uh, which is really interesting, but he's still learning. Yeah. And so he's just a voice, but uh, by the time of the From a Certain Point of View book, he's learned to fully manifest, like we saw on Mortis. He looks like a force ghost, essentially. Yeah. It takes levels of training to get to that point, apparently. Mm-hmm. And he wants to train Yoda. He wants Yoda to experience this. But I think what we see is first he's like, I got to open your mind because I don't know if you're receptive to this. I I need to show you why you need to know this. Yeah. And I think this is the beginning of Yoda's kind of arc to be the wise old master that we see in Empire. I I think so. I mean, he's certainly wise now, but I definitely think, yeah, what what puts him over the side of wisdom in the force um is is this journey for sure yeah um and so yoda sees he he following these like little uh firefly sprite things and it leads him to a cave and he sees a vision and it's the vision of essentially order 66 we it's not explicitly shown but it's basically the jedi running into battle and they're all dying um we see um, and this is a cool point, is that we see confirmation of how Shakti dies. Yeah. Um, she's stabbed through the back by Anakin. Although we don't see Anakin, but we see the blue lightsaber. Yeah. Um, Man. If you don't know, that was up for debate forever. Um, yeah. Because of multiple deleted scenes and multiple uh, sources. So sad. And so, um, 
Yoda kind of sees this great tragedy that he cannot stop. The Jedi are going to end. Um, and it's one of those instances where it's Yoda's, or Qui-Gon's trying to convince Yoda that there's a great darkness coming. And Yoda wants to know if there's any hope. And Qui-Gon's like, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> it's the most Qui-Gon thing. And so, and then, and basically then it's a matter of, you know, go to the center of the universe and I'm gonna, I'm gonna start to teach you the ways of immortality. You'll learn, it's very much like, you know, go to Dagobah, learn yeah. from Yoda, the one who trained me. It's kind of, it's very much that, hey, go to this place. You're gonna learn from those who taught me about yeah. this stuff. You're gonna learn from some Muppet looking ladies. Very Henson Company, this design. It's very interesting. Yeah. Um, and so that leads us into the next episode, season six, episode 12. Yeah. By the so, way, beautiful episode. I guess real, I don't want to move on too quick from it, but what, like, what did you think of Yoda seeing the end of the Jedi in that way? Um, do you, yeah. cause in the end he doesn't really tell anybody about that specifically. Do you, do you think he felt like it was one of those things where it's like, it's going to happen and you know I, what do you think i think he did the jedi thing and pushed it down and did not even after his it. whole experience i think that particular part i think he probably said you know for he said to himself what he says to others forever in motion the future is ever changing you know so you, do you, so you think maybe he thought he could change it i think he did i think he thought Surely this isn't going to happen because look, look at what we're doing. Look yeah, what we've done. I, that's always been a big one for me with these episodes of yeah. If he knows what's coming, even if he's not sure, wouldn't it serve the greater good to, you know, share that, explore that with other strong Jedi rather than yeah. just treat it like maybe it'll go away. I don't. I don't know. It just. Yeah. It's a bit weird. Well, it's one of those things, like, I think that's one of his failures, you know, in, that he's admitted to himself is his inactivity when it comes to, you know, acting upon the will of the Force. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah. Well, okay. even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't talk about it, he, it sparks something in him to listen to Qui-Gon and, and go mm -hmm. um, to learn more. And so season six, episode 12, Destiny. Yeah, and I'd like to give a shout out to background artists for the Clone Wars. Background animators and people who animate um, mm -hmm. just environments in general. Because, gosh, doing it, this episode is beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's so pretty. And it is. The backgrounds are so gorgeous. Even though it's got that weird... Uh, the big trees with the blobs on it that makes me uncomfortable because <laughs> trypophobia. Yeah. So, um, the moral for this one is death is just the beginning, um, which is encapsulating of the idea of this episode and the journey yeah. that Yoda's on. And so, um, Yoda's gone to the center of the galaxy pretty much. Yeah, he gets drawn in by some noodles of yeah. light. Um, it's... As far as I know, it doesn't have a name for the planet. It's just referred to as the wellspring of life. Yeah. So what's interesting it's a is great concept. 
it's it sounds very Garden of Edenish in terms of this is the epicenter from which all else came in mm-hmm. creation. Eh? What do you think? It just it makes me imagine like the Mortis gods there, like <laughs> the son and the daughter are having a fist fight, and the father's just sitting back on the couch reading his iPad, going, "Hey." Hey, like dads do. Mm-hmm. And the other goddesses were just like, Mm-mm, you guys need to get out. <laughs> <laughs> well, because, I mean, we could go further with the, in, in Legends, there was a lot more explored with Mortis than there is in canon. And one interesting thing was there were um, two pools that were very representative of the two trees of the Garden of Eden as well. Mm-hmm. And there was one individual who was not a god who partook in those and became this abomination. And it's very similar to Eve eating the apple um, or the fruit uh, from the Garden of Eden and yeah. sparking this whole weird... Th- it, yeah. it, it's really interesting and I kind of... I like the idea of the parallels in terms of the force and these force gods mm-hmm. in other religion like you know it yeah. because the force itself is kind of encompassing of a few religions uh-huh. um but you know when you get into stuff like the wellspring of life and all these other things it just starts to feel like it, it's i don't know it's it's yeah it's just scratching the surface i think and i'd love to go deeper yeah also i've always thought that the forbidden fruit was a fig. A fig? Because Jesus hates figs? Because Jesus hates figs. Jesus hates figs. Yeah, um, we're not making a roundabout statement. It's literally in the Bible. Yeah, Jesus, Jesus killed a fig tree. Jesus killed a fig tree. Um, because he was like, you suck. You yeah, these these figs are terrible. <laughs> the only thing you're good for is Newtons. Um, and not even that. Ugh. You suck. So, um... Newtons. Yeah, the... Even when Yoda's approaching the planet, it's really trippy because, you know, it om- almost lending to its t- name of Wellspring of Life, there seems to just be these l- tendrils of light, these tentacles and th- these branches of light beaming off of this planet. Mm-hmm. And as Yoda passes through, there's a planet beneath it. Th- this is one like with Mortis. Do you think that's an actual object or... I mean, it kind of has to be because... R2 went with him like I don't I feel I if it was just Yoda I could see it being like maybe at some point it just triggered into an apparition but if Yoda if R2 is there wouldn't it be like a R2 didn't go with him well he didn't go with him but he the ship lands and R2's with the ship so I mean like no he leaves R2 and his lightsaber behind on the ship on the planet oh they land on the planet though is what I'm saying oh yeah, yeah. it's physical that's, was, that's what I mean. Is this yeah. like, it, I guess it has to be in that instance. Yeah. I, it, it's too early in the morning to be <laughs> contemplating the will of the force. <laughs> um, I mean, again, it, when you land there, it's, it again evokes these Garden of Eden stuff, like just big, luscious plants, just like beautiful. very, it, it's, just a very beautiful place. It's all got... It's kind of got, like, a vignette on it, too, this whole episode. Yeah, well, because at any point, the background, it just... I mean, it's full of floating um, islands in the sky and other things. Like, it's just... 
it evokes this very yeah. it's physical but it doesn't always feel physical kind of thing yeah it's like how they used to film dream sequences where they would put vaseline on the lens oh sure yeah that's that's a film technique huh yeah that seems dirty it it's disgusting waste of vaseline um so pretty quickly uh yoda is appeared to by a force priestess mm -hmm. and apparently and she hits him with the you're late or yeah. like okay sure yeah. i didn't know i was supposed to be here but okay yeah and her name is do we want to touch on that so uh well the different ones do you yes yeah this one specifically her name is serenity mm -hmm. which at first i thought her name was meh yeah <laughs> because she kind of looks has a very meh, meh face which I guess in itself is serenity, not upset, not you know. You're you're serene in in, in spite mm -hmm. of your circumstances. I am content. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? I am content. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she's not the only one. No. There's force priestesses. Who's who else do we got? We got uh, we got uh, we got all. Uh huh. <laughs> I'm just going off of their faces. We got anger, joy. Confusion and sadness. And, oh, I forgot. Oh. And serenity, of course. Yeah. Um, this is not in. This is not inside out. Before Tag you. yourself. Which force priestess are you today? Ooh, that <laughs> that's going on Twitter. Um. So, essentially, yes, they appear, and they got. It's really cool because they have that almost like theater mask style of. Oh yeah. It, it exemplifies their emotion. I love it. Um, and. Yeah. What's interesting is. On um, on Star Wars, it says joined by her cousins. That's interesting. Have you ever, have you met my cousin? <clears throat> she looks almost exactly like Laura Palmer. Well, it's just it's just interesting dialogue. I don't know yeah. why you wouldn't say just the other priestesses. That's just yeah. interesting. This is my cousin. Um, and so they represent all the different sides, I guess, of emotion and the Force and and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um. My favorite thing is that <clears throat> Sadness has her mouth open constantly, so she's always just like, yeah. droning on through the back of the end of the conversation. Um, and so, essentially, they're they're like, we're gonna we're gonna test you. Be, I mean, they know the answer. Yeah. They're like, so, so here here's a bomb. Here's a bomb drop. So, you know, Yoda wants to learn the Great Gift. Wants to learn immortality. Keep his consciousness um, beyond death. Um, and they're like, okay, we're going to test you in, it to, in order to teach you. But what's interesting is the priestesses explain, Yoda is destined to teach the one who will save the universe from a great imbalance. Oh! So, <laughs> the ever-evolving conversation of Chosen One. <laughs> yeah. So... It's just interesting because that's a very on-the-nose way of saying... Like, he's training Luke. Yeah. He's meant to train Luke. So this is why I say in the last one, um, or earlier in the episode, I feel like the Force had a hand on him and protecting him and so forth because it's like he was meant for greater things, mm -hmm. i.e. training Luke. So I think it was one of those instances where it's like all this great bad stuff had to happen, so... I, I don't know if it's almost... Yeah. I, 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 I can admit it sounds like a cop-out in, in my part to say, no, the Force made it so Yoda didn't act. Yeah. But I, I, I can believe that because of this kind of dialogue. Um, 
it kind of cops out to where Yoda's not as bad of a guy mm-hmm. because the Force was making him do it. But I don't know. That's just really. That's very cool. That's that's an interesting. So does that change anything for you in terms of does that make Luke the chosen one? Do you do you think that changes that conversation at all? Or I've always. Um, yeah. I've always meow. I've always meow. You stopped petting her, that's why. That's why. Um, I've always thought of the Chosen One prophecy as, you know, an ever-changing hands kind of thing. Like, I think Anakin fulfilled his prophecy. He brought about something that brought balance to the Force. And then he brought about a son that in his time would bring about change and balance to the Force in his, I already said in his time, in his own way. I guess I kind of think of the Chosen One prophecy as transferable, if that makes sense. I mean, I, I am in a similar way of, I think that there, I mean, you know, very Esther of the Bible yeah. kind of situation, like such a time as this. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's Chosen Ones for their time. I yeah. think that's a good way to put it. Now, my thing is, they just say, train the one who will save the universe from a great imbalance. We're imagining that's the Jedi, Sith, light, and dark. Yeah. What if it was just that Luke was meant to bring balance to his father, who would then in turn bring balance to the universe? Exactly. Like, I mean, because I do believe by the act of killing the Emperor... Mm-hmm. The imbalance was balanced, I guess. Um, So I do believe the act was in Anakin's hands. Mm -hmm. But had Luke not gone to redeem his father, it's one of those things where it's like, if the chosen one of Luke had not accepted being chosen, Anakin never would have been able to accept being chosen kind of thing. Like, if Luke didn't do his thing, Anakin couldn't do his thing. Yeah. So. Which makes me think, the Force kind of favors the Skywalker line. And that's another one where it's like, what? what's the dealio? What's the, I guess, how, what, I mean. Yeah, I guess because the Force created the Skywalker line. Well, starting with Anakin. Starting with Shmi. Well, and no, well, we don't Shmi. know through Shmi, but not Shmi. Yes. So, I mean, there's warrant to say that there was nothing special until that point, until the Immaculate Conception of Anakin. I mean, okay, come on. That's what it is. It is, but I hate that phrase. <laughs> like, growing oh up... Oh my gosh, Mary, that was immaculate. <laughs> growing up in a family that... My dad was Catholic for a very long time, but then he converted when he met my mom. That story, Sunday. Um, but still, you know, the Catholic phrasing was still there at mm-hmm. some times. And every time it was referred to as the immaculate conception or, like... We passed by church. That's... There, there's one. It's named the Immaculate Conception. I hate. It's so that funny. Phrasing. It's... What church do you go to? The Immaculate Conception. What? I'm sorry. <laughs> um, it, it. I mean, there was nothing special about Mary, but Mary was destined ultimately to give birth to Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, in a way, she had the favor of the the. Uh, I almost said the force. <laughs> I'm mixing my religions. Um, she she had the favor of God, mm-hmm. but really she had the favor of God to do something specific. And I feel like yeah. it's the same 
it's the same way with Shmi in that she had the favor of the Force yeah. because she was going to give birth to Anakin. Mm-hmm. And just, I mean, and, and it's a really good parallel because in the Star Wars mythos, Anakin is sort of the, whether we believe it or whether he believes it, he's sort of the Messiah figure. Mm-hmm. You're coming to save us all, aren't you? You're going to do this thing and you're going to destroy this, all this stuff. It, like, they, yeah. You know, it's that same sort of public image that was forced on on jesus in terms of you're going to go destroy the romans right and you're going to free all of us and do like no that's not what it looks like yeah so i feel like at the point of conception of the miracle baby is where we begin this lineage with the force to where it's doing something with the skywalkers by the way the other day I, i i was feeling you know when i have feelings Yes. In my alone time, when I'm alone, so very alone. Um, and I was scrolling on Facebook, and I came across the video of um, Shmi saying goodbye to Anakin. And I watched the whole thing, and I cried. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I don't yeah. this is where he... It, it's emotional. Because mm. um, I truly believe it. if he hadn't looked back, he would have been fine. Well, but, but what's interesting is that... From the very beginning, it gave hints that he had problems with attachment because mm-hmm. he looked back. He looked back. He could not resist. So it's it's interesting. There's a lot of cues with Anakin. And that's why Anakin slash Vader is my favorite character because of the deep mythos of the character and, and ultimately how him, he, he he's at the center of everything. Everything always comes back to Anakin. And I'm not making it that he's the greatest character because of that, but to me, he's the most relatable and interesting character yeah. because of all of those very real things. Like, of all characters that are very relatable, I think Anakin is the most because, <clears throat> you know, he's just, he's he's the one that, he doesn't even necessarily believe in it, in all the hype of the stuff. Like, he just wants to be a good guy and do his best, but he also struggles emotionally. and He's not the perfect Jedi, yeah. uh, which... None are, but you know, I just think it's interesting. Yeah. But anyway, so um, I'm, yeah, I'm just going on record saying that I think Luke was chosen to redeem his father, but I think Anakin definitely was chosen to bring balance to the Force. Yes. I think Rey's chosen for something. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't know what yet, but I. I do believe she is a yeah. chosen one for such a time as this. I mean, there's obviously some struggle going on with Ben with the light. And, and that's the thing is, I mean, they both could be chosen for something. Like, it's really interesting. So I don't think there's anything wrong, and I don't think it devalues... I don't, I don't feel like it devalues Anakin, yeah. in my opinion, it, when I say Luke's also a chosen one. Yeah. Because I feel like they're chosen for their time, their thing. Yeah. The thing I kind of equate it to is in Moana. Like, Moana was chosen by the ocean, but she needed Maui. Mm-hmm. Mm, very true. Yeah. Um, so what's interesting with continuing, continuing the episode is Yoda begins his trials and the first trial, he goes to a dark cave and eventually, essentially fights himself. Um, this was a really cool visual storytelling of just kind of trying to work on yourself. Yeah. Because essentially Yoda hops on some mushrooms. Yeah. Yoda's fighting evil Yoda. Yeah. Um, Yoda fights a black shadowy red-eyed version of himself um and yoda admits 
um, that it's his darkness, uh, it's his pride, um, it's all of the dark of him manifest. Mm -hmm. And I think this is good uh, companion to our previous conversations of Yoda has that. Yes. Everyone has that. Everyone has a side of them that's not what they want it to be or not who they're meant to be. Mm-hmm. If you act like you don't have that, then you're never going to be able to go forward. And that's, that's Yoda's thing here. Yeah. At first he's like, oh, this is a bad thing. I'm going to stop it. But then eventually he's like, wait a minute. This is, this is me. Like he names his quote unquote sins. Like he names, this is my pride. This is my anger. This is my fear. Like when you name those things, mm-hmm. it's all of a sudden easier to deal. Like when you acknowledge the problem then you can solve it. But if you don't call yeah. it a problem, you don't look for a solution because you don't feel like you need one. Exactly. And that's the thing with addiction. That's the thing with mental health. I'm sorry. You can't ignore your problems and they'll just go away. Mm-mm. It's going to make them worse. Like, I I don't know who out there needs to hear that, but it's not going to work. Well, and what I want to say to this is I, I love the visual of this. Yeah. I don't quite... I get what they're going for. Yoda defeats it. By, by acknowledging and accepting that it's there yeah. and dealing with it, he gets rid of it. Here's, here's what they don't tell you because it's a TV show. Yeah. That evil Yoda is going to keep coming back. Yeah. You constantly have to have that battle. And so that's one of those things too is I love the visual, but I, w- I want to take it a step further to say that you, you're going to constantly go through these struggles yeah. of naming these problems and looking for solutions. And it might be every day. It might be... A couple months and then you might be fine and for a while but yeah you know if because nope. you can yeah. get in this pattern of beating yourself up for I thought I got over my depression yeah. for a time I did and then something brought it back about and, and you know sometimes it's intrusive in a way that it just gets back in there it's like weeds you yeah. gotta you gotta constantly pull them up treat them and yeah guarantee they'll be back but at least your yeah. garden looks good for right now. Exactly, and you have to deal with the roots. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got to get yeah. deep. If you just cut it off, it's not. It's going to actually grow back worse. Yeah. So it's just it's one of those things where I think this is, you know, a really great Star Wars metaphor for a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's just significant on a level of evil Yoda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody has a side that's not great, and I think we look at it as like, no, but I'm supposed to be good. Like, yeah, but everybody has stuff they got to work on. Like, if you think you've got nothing to work on on yourself, you might be Jesus. Um, but, I, you know, there's <laughs> only one Jesus. He's already taken. Um, so, but yeah, so basically he defeats evil Yoda. And um, the priestess basically comes up and is like, good job. You defeated your pride. All this other stuff is like, okay, yeah, but it... Mm-hmm. Not really, though. Okay. But, yeah. I mean, that's just, that's my personal commentary. It's like, you did it this time. Mm-hmm. You, you, you got to keep working on that. Yeah, and we will say that it you don't have to be Yoda. You don't have to fight it alone. No, uh, that that is a good point. Yeah. You know, um, sometimes the only way to fight it is with professional help, with yeah. friends, with family. And there are resources out there to help if you can't afford that kind of thing. Absolutely. Um. We got deep on this episode. Yeah. (laughs) That's the force for you. And that's the thing. When you have two hosts that deal with mental health issues, 
you kind of get into these conversations when stuff like this well it's just one of those things where it's just like i can't look at things without seeing you know star wars and other things like it's the same thing of like i can't help but interpret it in a way that relates to me and one one way that relates is is looking at mental illness and mental health as a whole yeah um there's absolutely no shame in sharing your story and no beyond i mean yeah transparent yeah absolutely Because if we pretended like it's not a we're part great. of us, we're, yeah, we're, we're great. We're not the Jedi. We're not like. There's, there's. <laughs> I mean, again, there's strength in admission. There's yeah. strength in transparency. Because the only way that you can really deal with things is by acknowledging them. So, yeah. Um, so Yoda moves to his next trial, and this one's interesting. And yeah. he, they, the they valley send. Of extinction. Yes, the Valley of Extinction. They send him to the Valley of Extinction. And he has to get through without emotion or attachment. Yeah. This is an interesting one, and we'll talk about it and then come come back around to kind of what yeah. that means. But essentially, he's in the Jedi Temple. Yeah. He begins this vision of the Jedi Temple, and everybody dead. Including hey, surprise, <laughs> surprise appearance by Ahsoka. And Petro the Youngling. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and basically, they showed off like every, every heartbreaking character they could yeah. throw in. They're dead. I think Gunji's there. Like, oh yeah, the Padawans are there. Katuni. Oh, oh my gosh. so yeah, so Katuni shows up. If you don't know, so um, Gunji, Katuni, uh, Petro, they're Padawans that appeared with an episode of Yoda back in season five. Yeah, the Gathering. Yeah, and so these are kids. Um, oh my gosh! Knowing that Hondo has a ship called the Katuni. Right, that was oh interesting. Oh my gosh! My my chest hurts. Um, so, so uh, Katuni, one of the apprentices, shows up, and she offers Yoda an escape um, from all of it, basically saying, like, you don't have to deal with this. The, the, the confusion, the sadness, the, the, all of this can go away if you just come with me. And she, yeah, she offers to take Yoda with her where he'll never know any pain. Um, and he goes with her. And all of a sudden, he's transported into this place, and it's really interesting because... We see tons of Jedi just peacefully gathered around the courtyard, including, and this was something that, like, always gives me chills. You see Obi-Wan, you see Qui-Gon, and you see Dooku. I don't know what it is. It my freaking I don't know what it is about that visual. I don't know what it is, but seeing those three together gives me chills. There would be a lot more chaos going on. In actuality. Oh, yeah. Like, like, they would be yelling at each other and right. just being like, no, you butter both sides of the bread or yeah, something right. like that. Right, like, you don't double dip, Plo. <laughs> like, seriously. So, um... Because that's, like, actual family But stuff. Yoda approaches and, and Duke is, like, all chivalrous and cool. And it's, it's like, this is a serene place. This is... It's all good here. It's all good. But then Yoda's like, uh... And Dooku says, like... Yoda, how about you tell these peoples about how you fought a Tuataka with your bare hands? Like, it, that's not the exact quote, but like... Oh, yeah, like, uh, um, old old stories yeah. and stuff. But what's interesting... So, what the representation is in this, and what my interpretation is... Because Yoda realizes, this isn't real. Yeah. This, this... In a very cute facial expression. Right, like, no. Like, no. Well, but... Very Danny DeVito. The, it's not that peace... Here's, here's a cool thing. It's not that peace is a lie, as the Sith Code would say. Mm-hmm. Peace is obtainable. But when you know that life has pre- has created circumstances where this peace 
that he's experiencing. Yeah. Y- y- Qui-Gon's alive. Dooku's there. No, that's not real. Mm-hmm. That this is living in the past. This is the this is looking back and saying, yeah, this is possible. No, it's it's not possible. Duke, Qui-Gon's dead. Yeah. Dooku is a Sith. This kind of peace, dwelling on it and wishing for it and wanting it is wrong because it's not possible. Yeah. And so you can't have real peace because you're caught up with trying to create peace. You want me to drop some truth bombs on you right now, son? Okay. <laughs> hit me. Peace. Ow. Ow. <laughs> you hit yourself. I did. Yourself. <laughs> it was. I couldn't resist. Yeah. Ow. <laughs> um, peace isn't the absence of grief, sadness, anger, all of these emotions. Peace is acceptance. That it's a part of life. Exactly. Of, you like, know. you can't obtain inner peace by, you know, pushing down your emotions right. and saying, this isn't an issue for me. You have to accept that it is an issue and move on. And so it's it's with this that I want to apply to episode three, because we criticize Yoda with the whole, you know, learn to let go of the ones, like his whole conversation with Anakin, learn, learn to let go, basically, is his yeah. advice. I, I feel like this is where he gets that from. If, if I can be fair. I feel like this is where he learns. It's like, what what's causing Anakin anxiety? He wants to create his peace. Yes. He wants to be able to control his peace rather than have peace in the way it is. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like this is where Yoda's like, dude, it doesn't work. No. It's not healthy. Peace can't be manufactured. <clears throat> and so I think this is where Yoda kind of gets tuned into the fact of, this is this is what it means to be a slave to attachment and emotion. Rather than live in peace in what exists, you'd rather create a peace in a way that you cannot. And so, you know, Yoda's trial in this instance is just basically like, this isn't real, this isn't possible. So instead, I'm just gonna have I'm gonna be at peace with the way it is. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's really, really deep and interesting. So, of course. He succeeds, and the priestesses reveal, they take off their masks and, and end up revealing, like, they aren't real? I'm just an angry mask on the ground. I mean, basically, they're trying to show, like, we have ascended. We have mastered what you are seeking to learn. Yeah, we are one with the Force. Exactly. That's super duper freaking interesting. Um, so, so, essentially, so the Force priestesses are essentially those who have ascended to that level mm-hmm. of oneness with the force my next tattoo is going to be a force priestess mask you you wait and see son I'm, i want the angry one um are they angry so um what's interesting is now they're like okay the next part you've got to go to moribund yeah. dun 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 which i keep forgetting um, the end a Moribund. sith planet um and so yoda takes off and, and heads off to his next part of the journey we're gonna go meet some bones. Ooh. Mark Hamill shows up in this one. It's he fantastic. Is. So, uh, season six, episode thirteen, the end, the final episode, sacrifice. Yes. Um, this is yeah, season six, episode thirteen, and the moral for this is facing all that you fear will free you from yourself. And this is a big part of what Yoda learned in the previous episode. Mm-hmm. Um, facing those things, acknowledging that those things exist. That's how you free yourself. That's how you learn yourself in the most possible real way. 
So, um, yeah, Yoda's heading to Moraband. Moraband is a very... It's a planet very attached to the Sith. Um, very much like Malachor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure another M-named planet. Um, they just seem to like M, but... Mustafar. Um, so he... he uh, lands in the Valley of the Dark Lords. Which is just a cool name. Once again, tells R2, stay with the ship. So he heads to um, the Sith Temple. So, so so far, how, like with the whole Wellspring of Life thing, how, how'd you, what'd you think of that? How'd you deal with that? What, like? I think it's great. I think it's a, a great exploration of the living force. Very so. Oh, sorry. I just took a huge sip of coffee and it hurt my throat. <laughs> um, like I said, great example of exploration of the living force. Great example on, you know, just because you're wise and an elder doesn't mean that you know everything. Well, and for the parts of the force and the yeah. Jedi that are based on Buddhism, yeah. that's what Buddhism is largely in part about is constantly learning and in fact their idea of living beyond Mm -hmm. is wrapped up in you you know the only way you can obtain immortality in buddhism serenity well selflessness you have to be willing to allow yourself to be given over to others so you live beyond so that you can teach other people doesn't that sound like that 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 sounds like force ghosts I just like imagine super interesting every time after this that Yoda's like the force like serenity just like rolls up behind him rolls a newspaper just whoosh (laughs) no (laughs) right Um, remember so yeah so like it that's a big part is constantly learning and passing on what you've learned big Jedi tropes so now that we're going to a Sith planet like what was that like with it made me feel deep inside all happy. Oh my gosh. This is the kind of stuff I eat. I love it. Yum, 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 yum. Yum, yum, yum. I just, I don't love it so much. Me, please. It's, I love Sith legend. It, it's so juicy and wonderful to read about and watch and just consume in all ways. Mm-hmm. It's lovely. It's really, really cool. Um, and pretty quickly, Yoda's met with apparitions mm-hmm. of ancient Sith warriors who are trying to deter him from his journey. And by their appearance, by their awakening, there's this ripple in the force that reaches someone. Mm-hmm. Reaches someone far away. Good old Papa Shiv. Papa Shiv. Palpatine. Yeah. He, he senses... Yoda's doing something. Yoda's. Mm-hmm. Yoda's doing something, and he's far away. He's unprotected. He's out of the temple. Hmm. I'm, I want to do something with this. It's like the parent sense. Like, every so often, my mom will call me like, you doing something stupid? Right. So, so basically, Usually Palpatine's yes. tuned in, which is a, a testament to his strength in the dark side, which, mm-hmm. if that was any doubt. But he's basically tuned in like, this is a big opportunity for the dark side. Yes. And so um, he and Dooku start plotting. But um, we jump back to Moraban, and we get some of the most interesting developments of immortality and the dark side ever. Dude. So he enters the Sith Temple. And there's only one purpose to the Sith Temple. 
it's for the grave of a well-known and powerful Sith Lord. That I had only heard about. The father of you. the dark side. The father of the way of two. Darth Bane. So cool. So this temple is there for the tomb of Darth Bane. And sure enough, a apparition, a spirit of Darth Bane emerges. He shows up, appears to... Yeah. Yoda and interacts with Yoda. Like th- these episodes, more than others, they kind of, they remind me so much of Elder Scrolls games. Well, and what's especially this apparition that like it, it rather than looking like a very yeah. calm, peaceful blue force ghost, like it's like fire and brimstone. It's it's very it's very much yeah. imperfect and not completely there. And essentially, he's like, "Do you want to learn the ways of immortality from me?" Mm-hmm. You, you know, he's like, you've come to learn from me. And, and again, uh, so we said, Mark Hamill shows up. This is Mark Hamill yeah. as Darth Bane, yeah. which is super cool. It's so cool. Ultimately, though, what what I think this represents is, because what Yoda counters with is, you're not really living on. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, he's very representative of what we understand ghosts to be ghosts are attached and they're you know they're not completely the first first of all i don't believe in ghosts but the lore of ghosts Mm -hmm. is that they're not completely who they once were kind of thing like they're just attachments of that person like they're they're leftovers and yoda's like you're not really really real like it the reason, you know, and Bane's thing is like, what, really? Because the way of the Sith lives on because of me and the memory of me. Like, yeah, it's this idea that this represents, what's the immortality that you get at, by living in the dark side? Legacy. You get legacy, but that's it. Yeah. With the light side, with selflessness, you actually live on. Yeah. You experience a greater, more full living. So it's one of those things where it's like, you're remembered. But that's it. That's, I will say though, um, I think the legacy of Sheev, which is a, my new book series coming out soon, um, you know, after his death, stick a pin in that, mm-hmm. um, his legacy scarred the galaxy forever. Yeah. <laughs> like, he left such a mark on the galaxy that it's going on years and years and years and years after his death Mm -hmm. it's baffling to think about really yeah and but that's all that that's all the dark side gives you that's like is that really what you want but that that, stick a pin in them yeah after we see episode nine (laughs) that's the episode that's kind of the point of it is just is it worth it Mm -hmm. is that kind of legacy worth it is it worth it let me work it put my thing down flip it and reverse it okay do you remember that? So thing? no. Oh, okay. So um, then the fourth priestesses appear and they're like, "Hey, good job." Um, but now you're going to do something, and we can't help you. We're not in control. We're not causing this next thing to happen. Just so you know. Yeah. And that's because we see that Dooku arrives on Coruscant and meets with his master, and they're like, "Hey, we got we got an opportunity to get to Yoda, <clears throat> and we're going to take it." Guess where the Sith Temple is? Where's the Sith Temple? It's right underneath the under Jedi the temple. Jedi Temple. Which, yes, if you think about it, explains a lot. Well, because what it was is they destroyed the 
Sith Temple, then they built the Jedi Temple on top of it as a, hey, we're victorious, we're, we won kind of thing. Yeah. But I think that allowed a lot of what Palpatine did by being so close to the dark side. Yeah. Um, so they begin a sort of force alchemy dark ritual style uh, thing where they show yeah, Yoda. Yeah, I love Dooku's outfit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I love that he came dressed for the occasion. Of course. Um, so they show Yoda a great vision. It starts with Sifo-Dyas. And, yeah. and Sifo-Dyas um, trying to get Yoda to partake of, like, he's like, hey, do you want to see what I see? Do you want to see what made me um, create the art? Like, he's like, I can show you the way, what, what what's going to happen. And it gets really trippy because all of a sudden Yoda kind of snaps out of it, but it seems like he's in real life. Mm-hmm. He's on a gunship with clones heading to the supposed location of the Sith. Mm-hmm. The Sith Lord they've been looking for. And Yoda's like, oh, okay, um, sure, let's go. And so, seemingly, he snapped back into real life. They show up. They find Dooku. They find Sidious, the Sith Lord. And um, Yoda sees Anakin kill Dooku. And Yoda goes after the Sith Lord and... There's just this great big struggle to where they're fighting and Yoda gets into this place where he's given a choice. Um, save Anakin um, or defeat the Sith Lord. And ultimately, um, Yoda chooses Anakin. Um, and I think that's the great point that he learns in terms of we lose when we fight. Yeah. Being who we are and doing what we've been doing, we're losing. Mm-hmm. We're losing ourselves as Jedi. And the whole point of... This was all created. It was all a vision created by Sidious mm-hmm. in an, a way to tempt Yoda of, hey, if you had a chance, would you kill me at the expense of all the other Jedi and what the Jedi stand for? Yeah. And ultimately, Yoda's strong enough to be able to make the choice, no. Mm-hmm. But that's the whole test is... Are the Jedi going to be who they're supposed to be, or are they going to allow themselves to destroy themselves, essentially? And so... That's it. That's it. That's it, all of the Clone Wars. It ends, and, and Yoda kind of just goes back, and it's like, not really anything eventful happened. Oh. Understatement. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, and he basically just tells Obi-Wan and Mace, like, I don't think we can win the war, but I think we can win another way mm-hmm. and kind of just moves on. And so that's what part of me believes. He may have just thought that he, he knew what was going to happen was going to happen and he, there wasn't much he could do about it in terms of Order 66. Yeah. And there, wa- there wasn't much he could do to save the Jedi. And, I mean, it could be said that this is when he realized that by... By fighting in this war, that's when he failed. Yeah, well, and that and and that's along the lines of what he says. He's like, you know, we've already lost because of this. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it does feel like he's come to that realization of like we weren't meant to win the Clone Wars because we weren't meant to f- be in the Clone Wars. Yeah. Um, and so 
and that's not meant to devalue the experience of this show and all these other things, but it is true that I feel like it's it's a bittersweet thing enjoying the Clone Wars because ultimately that's what undid the Jedi the most. That was the final straw um, in the dismantling of the Jedi as an order and as, as a people. And I think that what Yoda came to learn was that, again, I feel like when you get to that point of loss, there's not a lot of saving it. Yeah. It's, it's almost a matter of having to start anew, starting fresh. And unfortunately, starting fresh meant Order 66 happens. Yeah. And such. But nonetheless, I feel like it ends on more, a hope, more of a hopeful note than anything. Mm-hmm. Because, again, we know how the story continues. We know Order 66, but we also know past that. And so we know that eventually... Um, through Luke and through Anakin, eventually balance is one. Um, but as for now, um, it's just really interesting. And, and if nothing else, it explored a whole new world in terms of the Force and our understanding of the Force and so much more. So yeah. really, really interesting. Um, but that's, that is the Clone Wars. That's crazy. Um, I think we'll have some time where we talk about just that, the Clone Wars, next week. Um, you know, kind of our experience with the show and so forth and, and, and kind of journey through that. Um, but for now, that's that's that. Um, what a what a crazy arc to end on. It's I mean, I don't know that anything felt right. And it's going to be interesting now since we know we're getting another season. It's like mm-hmm. this felt like such a neat bow. It's going to be interesting to continue. Yeah. Um, and keep in mind that I haven't seen the unfinished episodes. Yeah. yeah. So um, and and that's something that will be cool to explore soon. Is like Dark Disciple, Son of Dathomir those things that kind of continue some of those storylines. Um, but yeah, as far as the unfinished episodes, we haven't watched those because we don't know if any of that stuff's coming to life in the return. Yeah. Like, um, there's no point watching it now if it's going to come back in a tweaked way in, in the return. So, um, But uh, nonetheless, um, hopefully you guys have enjoyed this episode. It's a bit longer of one, but hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully you enjoyed the Clone Wars rewatch as a whole and being on this journey with us. If this is one of your first episodes, why are you listening to, to it Honestly. first? Um, but if it is, then go back and check out the whole catalog of Clone Wars rewatches. Starting this Friday, we start something new. We're moving on to Rebels, which is very exciting. Um, I'm almost just as excited as uh, I was for getting you into the Clone Wars. So yeah. I think that's going to be cool. Um, to let you know, um, we're doing something different with Rebels that we didn't do for Clone Wars. Um, if you join us on Patreon you can get access to our Discord. Um, And there we have a Patreon-exclusive Discord channel where we're going to work with you guys and talk with you guys about the different episodes that we're going to be talking about. So if you want to join in on the conversation of Spark of Rebellion this Friday with our Rebels Rewatch, then um, check out our Patreon and see how to join with that. Um, And that'll be something we do on the regular to where we say, hey, we're talking about this episode and um, getting your thoughts and, you know, starting a conversation about those episodes and so forth. So uh, we're excited for it. It's a new way for us to um, kind of look at these episodes but also involve you guys. Um, And and it's just a way uh, for you guys to enjoy supporting us um, and all that good stuff. So lots of cool things. But uh, we will be back with our main show um, 
soon and then we have uh, Rebels Rewatch coming and, and just a lot of cool exciting stuff so make sure you're connected with us on Twitter Facebook uh, Instagram all the social medias Sus- subscribe to our YouTube channel add us to your top 8 all of that stuff um, with that we'll see you guys soon stay scruffy and may the force be with you bye